Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Happy belated Father's Day, everyone. Welcome to this Monday edition of Fantasy NBA Today, a sports ethos presentation. I had every intention, friends, of leaning immediately into NBA draft stuff today, but not only has the rumor mill been churning, but the reality mill has been churning. So today's show is going to be a quicker one. I mean that for real this time, by the way. I know I said that... uh, Friday's show was going to be a faster episode, and then it didn't really turn out to be. Uh, But this one actually will, because uh, tomorrow we're going to talk to the great Corbin Ford, get our NBA draft prep going here on the show. Uh, We'll talk to Rhett Bauer the following day. I think we'll try to get David Williams on as well before the draft happens. And then uh, maybe we can do some kind of redux after the stuff goes down later on this week. Next week, we'll then pivot into the remaining handful of teams on the NBA side. There aren't that many left. I think five or six are all that remains. We did the Warriors, right? Wasn't that the last one we did? Suns, and that's already a big change Sixers, Lakers, Celtics, Nuggets, is that it? I think that might be the... Five teams left, something like that. Anyway, so we're coming down the chute on the, uh, the the team reviews, but that'll probably be more for next week. This week, we're going to focus on the draft, and of course, a big trade that went down on Father's Day morning. Got the details of it as Father's Day kind of unfurled yesterday. I was uh, not around. I haven't tweeted in a long time, actually, as it, I'm realizing here. I'm kind of playing catch-up on a few days' worth of stuff. We had a lot of family things going on. You guys don't care about that. Sports Ethos is doing an unbelievable job, by the way, on their draft prep. They've got 85 player profiles up. I didn't even know there were 85 players that could go in the draft. You mean there's somebody else out there besides Victor Wembanyama? Uh, 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 anyway. All right, big trade over the weekend. Bradley Beal on the move. And it did sound more and more like it was going to happen. The the smoke turned into a, a thick plumes. And then it became a... You could see the little smoldering ashes, and then it was a full-on fire. And uh, sure enough, while many of us were dealing with other stuff on Father's Day, Bradley Beal traded to the Phoenix Suns, who now go full stars and scrubs mode on their roster. Uh... By acquiring Bradley Beal, Jordan Goodwin, who's kind of fun, Isaiah Todd, and send back to the Wizards Chris Paul's contract, which now has to be largely fully guaranteed because they got to get the salary match going in there. Landry Shamit, a bunch of second round picks and some pick swaps. And honestly, as like what would you would get for a strong player like a Bradley Beal? This is basically a salary dump for the Wizards, I should say. Because getting a bunch of second-round picks, like last year at the trade deadline, what is that, four months ago? Four months ago, we saw, didn't Jay Crowder get like, wasn't he worth four second-round picks or five second-round They're getting thrown around like they ain't no thing. Yeah, pick swaps, those will be all right, I guess. We'll see how it all shakes out. Uh, But for the Wizards, they get out of one of the most bloated contracts in the NBA, which, again, to be fair, 
Bradley Beal is still a pretty good basketball player. It's not like you know the the Russ contract or the John Wall contract might be the the best example of that because John Wall can barely stay upright. At least Russ in a in a right fit isn't the worst thing on earth and plays. Russ has basically been durable after he had those years where they were kind of giving him back-to-backs off for, I think they said the quad. I don't know. They were blaming on something. So it's not quite to that degree. That's not really fair. But we have this thing happening in the NBA that I admit I don't fully understand, so we're not going to go into the the nitty-gritty details on that. You can talk to uh, Steven around here uh, over on the Bird Rights pod. He's doing the front office stuff and contractual understanding. That's not my area of expertise. But what I do know is that with the new CBA set to go into place uh, very shortly, I don't think it's this season, but I think it's next season, um, teams that are spending a ton on a couple players are severely hamstrung by that. And the Suns, well, they'll have three, maybe even four players of that ilk. Devin Booker has a giant contract coming his way. Kevin Durant has a giant contract coming his way. Bradley Beal, we already talked about. Even DeAndre Ayton has a pretty damn big contract. So the Suns have uh, a situation to address. I have no idea how they're going to fill things out around those dudes, but, you know, they'll have to figure it out now. Um... You know, uh, Kevin Durant, he's set to make $48 million this coming season, then 51 and then 54 Booker, he's set to make 36 this year, and then that jumps to 50 54 and then 58 And then you've got Beal coming in. And then with Chris Paul and Landry Shamit going out, you know, those two guys were set to make about $41 million between the two of them this coming season as well. So you, not that Landry Shamit was, like, uh, a big piece of what they were about to do. That's not the concern there. The concern is now, how does this all fit together? Because Beal's contract is $47 million this coming season, then 50 54 and then he has a player option for $57 million. The Suns have no wiggle room at all. They'll have to figure this out around a ton of very, very impressive basketball players. And our job today is to figure out what happens next, specifically from a fantasy standpoint. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Boo, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. By the way, uh, I'm Dan Vesperus, and uh, you can find me over on Twitter at Dan Vesperus. But I I really, again, I want to focus on what's going on in the NBA right now because uh, 
We also got a rumor. And by the way, we'll circle back to what this all means. That was the deal. Draymond Green opted out of his contract. He had a player option, so I guess opting out is probably not the right word. He just declined the player option. The Warriors are going to try to bring him back, and frankly, I think Draymond would be wise to go back because that's where he makes the most sense and where everybody around him sort of understands the Draymond stuff. And look, however you feel about Draymond, the reality right now is that he's not quite the player he was before. That's just... Like, that's what happens as players start to get a little bit older. But he still does the same shtick, which is basically he's a heel. He's an NBA heel. And some of the players love it. Some of the players think it's hilarious. We've seen how well he gets along with LeBron off the court. Uh, And some players find it uh, unbearable. And, you know, he, he rubs teammates and coaching staff and all that stuff. He rubs them the wrong way sometimes. But he has a a clout, a cachet, as it were, with the other superstars in Golden State, with the coaching staff and ownership in Golden State, to where he can kind of get away with that type of stuff. That's not to say that what he's doing is like a team-breaking level thing. I mean, it almost did this year with the Jordan Poole stuff. But if he did that same crap on a new team where he didn't have that same rep built up, where he wasn't part of a dynasty, and he's coming into a new organization, he's saying, oh, I'm Draymond Green, I can act like this. I just don't think that would make any sense. I feel like he's he's a very smart human being. He's smart enough to understand that. And I think the Warriors probably know that as well, where they're like, look, we want to bring you back, we want to do right by you, Dre, but like you belong here, and you know it, and we know it, so let's do something reasonable. Fantasy-wise, I don't care. I like Golden State's probably a best-case scenario for him. I don't think he goes to another team and has that same job, although maybe he goes somewhere and feels like he has something to prove, but meh. Uh, we're also hearing that... Uh, well, there's a lot of players that are on the block these days, so maybe we don't go down quite... We don't go down that path. Let's talk about Chris Paul first. Chris Paul is intriguing because... You know, namely... Because his contract is basically fully guaranteed now, uh, he becomes... Well, I don't want to say that like it's easy to move him because he's a, probably going to be around a $30 million player this coming year. Um, and he has a... Uh, well, I guess I presume the year after that, uh, teams would probably not guarantee. But if he's bought out, by the Wizards, they're basically paying his salary, and then whatever he goes and signs with another team tends to mostly come out. Not a, it's not a one to one thing. Again, this is this is not my specific area of expertise, but uh, it sort of works against what he was already being paid. So wherever Chris Paul goes, if he gets bought out, and presumably the Wizards will try to trade him first. But if he gets bought out, he can pretty much go anywhere, and he doesn't need to make a ton of money at that new place because most of his current contract is already baked in. You know, it's not like he has to make up for something that he lost by having a non-guaranteed deal. So if the Wizards buy him out, they're still paying most of that $30 million. If he goes and signs for like a veteran's minimum somewhere, all that happens there is then he doesn't impact the salary cap of the team he's going to which is useful because he would then want that team to be 
able to use their money elsewhere and be as good as possible. I don't know what the exact ratio is there. I'm sure he could add a little bit of money to his coffers, but I also don't know that that's like a big thing for him because he's made, what, a few hundred million dollars in his career? That's probably okay. As far as fantasy stuff goes, if Chris Paul remains in Washington in what is looking more and more like a rebuild, and we don't know what's going to happen to Kuz or Kristaps Porzingis this offseason, but certainly that seems a bit in jeopardy, uh, I-, I can't imagine that the Wizards are expecting to just play Chris Paul, but if they go into the year with the team with this kind of makeup, he would feast out there. Kuzma will take his 18 shots, and Kristaps will take his 15 or 16 shots or whatever, but Bradley Beal being gone, I mean, that's that's a boatload. Dude was also taking 18 shots a ball game, and he's had multiple seasons where he's taken 20-plus. Chris Paul comes in, not to say that he then just waltzes in and take those shots, but the, the basketball ends up in his hands a ton. No Devin Booker, no Kevin Durant. As ball handlers standing in front of him, there isn't anybody on this Wizards team right now that would be a ball handler in front of Chris Paul if they actually bother to play him. So that's the big question. And we'll have an answer to that before fantasy draft season kicks off, unless you're one of those total nut jobs who does your fantasy drafts at like the end of August, where he might still end up someplace else. You give yourself like a seven-week gap there for Chris Paul to get traded or bought out. This is going to be another reason in a laundry list of them why I prefer to do fantasy drafts very close to the start of the year. You just There's pieces of news you don't get if you draft earlier. It's as simple as that, and this now becomes one of them. Maybe he gets moved in the next week. I don't know. My guess, though, is that the Wizards are not going to be in any hurry to just buy him out and move on with life. Maybe they end up with a point guard that they really like. I mean, is Monte Morris? Sorry, it's Monte. Get that right. Got to put the accent on the right syllable. Is Morris their point guard of the future? I don't think so. Is DeLon Wright their point guard of the future? I don't think so. The young guys that the Wizards are even a little bit excited about are and I don't you know I don't even know if they're still excited about Denny Avdia because again we've got sort of a regime change here but Avdia who's not a point guard Corey Kispert not a point guard Johnny Davis not a point guard Bradley Beal uh led the Wizards or was he right next to Morris they're pretty damn close Morris was 5.3 Beal was 5.4 yeah I mean these are the guys that are like This also, by the way, probably helps Morris, depending on how this season shakes out. Whatever's happening here, we'll know more in a little bit, and so maybe we shouldn't spend all of our time on it, but it is sort of interesting to think about what happens to this Wizards team in a couple of different scenarios. Number one, let's say Chris Paul stays there, and they do the whole like value rehab thing, trade him somewhere in the middle of the season, or buy him out if nobody is willing to make that trade midseason. Though I guess the question is who really wants to pick up any of that salary? My guess would be not many teams. So likelihood is that Chris Paul probably gets moved uh, or waived, I should say. 
because I don't think the Wizards are expecting to get much and, and nobody wants to pay the end of that salary. But maybe they can turn it into a second or a couple of second round picks based on how we've seen these things happening. And picks are becoming more and more valuable. So a couple of sides to that argument. Wizards may be willing to wait a little bit longer. Other teams probably a little bit less willing to part with them. All that yells at me is, why would this all happen fast? And then is there a a scenario here where the Wizards just put him on ice and say, don't even show up? That seems unlikely. Chris Paul, one of the heads of the Players Association, I don't don't think that he'd be comfortable just sitting out half a season, but yeah, maybe. Let's say, let's do a little hypothetical game here because this type of stuff is fun. I love when big trades go down. Let's say, hypothetically, Chris Paul does stay in Washington for at least part of the year, and they play him. Chris Paul... Kristaps Porzingis, Kyle Kuzma, these guys all messing around with one another is kind of intriguing. I don't know that he takes all that many shots, but damn if he isn't almost guaranteed due to just ball handling duties alone to have 10 plus assists in that scenario. I'd take a shot on it. Certainly in a Gamescap Roto format. Oh, a massive, massive risk in head-to-head. Probably can't do it there. Other hypothetical. Let's say Chris Paul gets bought out and ends up on a team like the Lakers or the Clippers. I don't, I mean, that that future doesn't look all that bright. Either one of those teams, he's plopped right back into a scenario not that dissimilar from what he was looking at in Phoenix, but probably, I would argue, maybe even a tiny bit worse. Remember, he was number 33 this year on a nine-cat basis. Say he ends up on the Lakers. He's not going to average nine assists on a team with Braun. And let's say they have D'Lo still back. I mean, you know, we don't know how that's going to shake out, but puts him behind other ball handlers. Still, you get into a little bit of that whole, like, how far does a guy fall in the draft? If Chris Paul ends up on the Lakers or the Clippers, I think teams are going to be very, very nervous about drafting him. I think he could actually put up okay numbers on the clips, although we keep hearing these conflicting reports about whether they do or don't want him. But you could see plenty of assists there. I know Kawhi and Paul George like to do their thing, but they keep asking him for a a ball handler. I guess we'll see where Russ ends up as well. So if you're rooting for a Chris Paul bounce back year, you're probably hoping that he spends the first half of the season in Washington and they play him. Is him going somewhere else? He'll be 39, I think, coming up this year. If he goes somewhere else, odds are you're not getting nine assists from him in Clippers Town or Lakers Town or those are the spots that keep coming up because his family's in L.A. And then what about the other side of this very large trade? We haven't even really talked about the Bradley Beal side, but when we talked about the Wizards or when we talked about the Beal rumors a couple of days ago on the podcast, I said... Sort of what I felt then, which is what I feel now. Bradley Beal basically has no place he could go where his role would be bigger than what it was in Washington. Because Kuzma took a ton of shots, and Porzingis took a decent chunk. But neither one of those dudes comes anywhere near the ball dominance you get from either 
of the two main scorers that are already in Phoenix, in Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. And say what you want about passing and blah, 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 and here's the thing. Someone will take a small hit. Or in the very best case scenario, someone won't improve. We've seen big threes before. Someone always takes a little step back. Always. Katie, Steph, and Clay, if you want to put Clay in that category, is about the closest that we've seen in recent years to uh, big dudes joining up and things kind of hanging out in still that pretty damn good range. Steph did do less. KD was able to maintain his. It's hard to see Kevin Durant ever really, truly slipping, but, I mean, has he ever played with two guys that have had this level of usage? In not, I mean, the Warriors' movement, all that that motion offense stuff is a little bit different than what they got going on in Phoenix these days. And Phoenix, they've got they've got a new setup now. Because Monty Williams is gone. This last season, KD was number five on a per-game basis. Booker was number 28. Beal was number 54. Beal took 17.6 shots per game. It's very hard to see that number going up. Booker took 20. Durant, 18.3. Some of that for KD was during his time in Brooklyn. It's very hard to see those numbers going up. There's just only so much that a team can do. And you can say, oh, well, you know, talent finds a way. That might be more true on the reality side of things. But from a fantasy side, someone takes a hit. We saw it in Cleveland. Donovan Mitchell held and actually even got a tiny bit better. Darius Garland took a hit. It always happens. If you go back in time to earlier big threes, someone always takes a hit. Kevin Love took a hit. Chris Bosh took a hit. It happens. Someone gets dinged. And the someone that gets dinged here sure feels like Bradley Beal. Who's still going to be fine, and maybe he does go for 23, 4, and 5 in these his posh new digs in Phoenix. But that still only gets him inside the top 60. High turnovers. Not a ton of three-pointers. I mean, there's different ways that this could go, I guess. Do the steals and blocks stay relatively high? See, the field goal percent, free throw percent, those could probably stay at a pretty good clip. He's a very efficient scorer, as is Booker, as is Durant. I mean, one of the most efficient three offensive powerhouses you could put together. But I would put a little bit of a knock on all three of them, frankly. And you guys know I love the Kevin Durant start to a roto build because he's damn good at almost everything. But I don't know how he goes top three anymore. I don't know that he can get quite to that level. Can Booker stay inside the top 30 if he's not taking 20 shots per game, if that comes down to 18 and a half or 19? A lot of his value is tied up in just being a person with a basketball. Same damn story for Bradley Beal. Those two guys don't have uh, uh, as much to fall back on as a Durant, at least with KD. If you know his usage drops a little bit, he still rebounds, he still blocks shots. You know st- the defensive stats and rebounds can buttress it a little bit. 
Do we think he's going to drop off? He certainly shouldn't. He's the most, one of the most, if not the most efficient offensive player in the entire league. Should Booker drop off? Maybe a tiny bit, but also no. He and Beal are somewhat repetitive from a uh, basketball game standpoint, frankly. There aren't two players in the NBA who have more similar fantasy stat sets than these two guys. Why was Booker ranked two rounds ahead? Basically because he took two and a half shots more. Everything else is almost exactly the damn same. Booker more free throws, more shots, more threes, more points. Everything else, almost a dead heat. You think he's going to give up some of that to Beal? For what purpose? Telling you. So I think from all of this, which, by the way, super fun, love to see big names on the move, but from all of this, it does feel like the big story is what happens to Chris Paul? Does he get a chance to flex some old man muscle? Or do the Wizards punt him out of town and say, oh, we're going into full rebuild even though we don't really have a point guard that we want to clear out minutes for? That's the other side of this thing, uh, or really the main side. It's very easy to say the Wizards will probably just buy him out, but at the same time, what does that actually do for them? You know, a lot of times it's like, okay, we'll get the old guy out of the way because we got a young guy we want to develop. But there isn't really a guy the Wizards have for that spot on the floor. They might really just let him go play. They'll try to move him. Of course they'll try to move him. They just move Beal. They're going to try to sort of restock the cabinets here. But... Just dumping Chris Paul to be worse? I guess. Is it full tank mode? How do you reconcile that while still having other players on the team who would prefer to win? Perhaps there's a lot left to do for the Washington Wizards may be the ultimate answer to that question. Tomorrow we'll start our NBA draft coverage. I know we don't do as much on this show as other ones, but damn it, the ones we're going to do... They're going to delight you. They will make your senses dance. Tomorrow, Corbin Ford on the show. Talk to him about the upcoming NBA draft. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, I am Dan Vaspers for Fantasy NBA Today. Have a great rest of your Monday, everybody. Again, happy belated Father's Day, and we will talk to you all 